0: So we're reading from John chapter 9, Uh, verses 1 to 12. It's on page 895. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but the works of God might be displayed in him. The neighbours and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know.
1: Uh, We're going to pray for ourselves, uh, for the children who are going out to their group, uh, for Tom and for Sam. Father God, we pray that you would be speaking to us and that you'd give us soft hearts and that hear from you. And we pray for Tom, would you give him uh, your spirit to guide him uh, to speak your word. And we pray for the children, we pray that they would be keen to hear about you, about the Lord Jesus Christ. And for us gathered here, we pray for Sam, I pray that you would use him to speak to us today, in Jesus' name, Amen. Hi, Uh, let me
2: have my welcome to Rob's, Um, I think you all know who I am, so I don't need to introduce myself. Uh, and Rob's already prayed. Thank you, Rob, for praying for us. Um, we're going to look at uh, John chapter 9 together, so keep that open in front of you. That would be really helpful. Um, and I want us to start off by imagining something. Uh, imagine you were moving house. And uh, to save money, you booked the cheapest removal company that you could find on the internet. And the day before you were about to move, they rang up and said, um, Did you not read our terms and conditions? You're only allowed to take seven items with you? Catherine's shaking her head. That's exactly the right response. The question is, which ones would you take? Now, you might want to take something sentimental. You might have an ornament or something that's been passed down. Uh, Or you might want to take something practical, like a bed or or a sofa. Um, I'd definitely take a fridge, because many, many good things can be kept in a fridge that can then be eaten.
0: The thing is, each
2: item that you chose would have a really, really important reason behind it. You wouldn't just get a cardboard box and chuck the nearest seven things into it. And John, in his Gospel, he's chosen to only write about seven of the miracles that Jesus did. And you might say, well, maybe there were only seven miracles. Well, that's not true, because at the end of the Gospel of John, he says that if he was to write down every single thing that Jesus did... All the books in the world would not contain them. So each of these seven miracles has got to have a really, really important reason that John has chosen to place it in his gospel. And so the question we ask is, well, why did John choose to put this miracle about a man blind from birth in his gospel? And I think that the reason is he uses this blind man And he uses this blind man to paint a picture of what was going on with the people, with humanity at that time. And the picture is for for humanity at that time, but it's so, so relevant to us and humanity today. Humanity has not changed. And he uses the problem of this man's blindness and the solution of Jesus to heal him. To reveal some really incredible truths that we're going to unpack today. Here's the overview of the picture we're going to paint. Uh, And the picture is that sin caused spiritual blindness can only be washed away by Jesus. Sin caused spiritual blindness can only be washed away by Jesus. Uh, And in this miracle, we have a problem, we have a puzzle in the middle, uh, and we have a solution. Uh, And so we're going to start with the problem. And actually, I put them on the slides. So, uh, Hannah, your work is not finished. Oh, Rob's going to do it. Uh, Just one. Perfect. Um, So the problem is blindness. And to see the significance of this blind man, we need to look at what was going on before this in the Gospel of John. And and to to summarize it, because we can't read chapters and chapters, but throughout chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8, there's this build-up of hostility towards Jesus. Uh, for example, in, in chapter 5, after he healed the paralyzed man, um, the Jewish leaders persecuted him and then tried to kill him. Uh, in chapter 7, they wanted to arrest him. And throughout this building of hostility, Jesus has been teaching various groups of people. Um, and he ends his teaching with, um, with verse 58 of chapter 8. So if you, if you look at verse 58, at the end of chapter 8, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, if you know the story of Exodus, uh, I am is the name that God called himself. Um, And let me read a little bit. I'm just going to read from Exodus 3. Don't worry about turning to it. Um, But Moses, Moses is being sent to the Israelites by God. And Moses says to God in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. And so when here in John's gospel, Jesus stands up and he says to the Jews, before Abraham was, I am, he's declaring himself to be God. He's saying, I am God, I am Yahweh, the Lord, the great I am. Now, the Jews, they don't like that. Have a look in verse 59. How do they respond? So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. They want to kill him. Therefore, it is no coincidence that in verse 1 of chapter 9, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. That man, he would have been sitting down on the road begging. Vulnerable, despairing, and outcast. This is not just a, a few weeks illness or something. This man has been blind from birth. He's never seen the smiling faces of his parents or grandparents. He's never seen a sunrise He's never been able to look into someone's eyes and smile and share a moment with them. And there's nothing he can do about it. There would have been no charity to help him, no disability support, no medical support. He's helpless. And this man is here as a picture of the state of the people at that time. Of the awful reality of the people that Jesus had been trying to teach. Well, how? They weren't all blind. I'm fairly sure if all the people in the previous chapter were blind, John would have said it. But I'm telling you, they were blind. In this chapter, we've got one blind man. In the previous chapter, we had hundreds of blind people. And they weren't physically blind. We're going to say they were spiritually blind. Their eyes, their eyes were dark to the wonder of Jesus. They didn't understand his significance. They didn't know who he was. Their eyes were shut to the truth of the Messiah. When they looked at Jesus, they saw a demon-possessed man. They saw a man who they wanted to stone and kill. They saw a man who was blaspheming God. And that's what spiritual blindness is. It's when we look at Jesus and see a man who's not worth much. A man who would be better off out of our lives or out of the picture or out of the world. And we don't understand him or when we don't know him as God. And all of us either are now or were spiritually blind. All of us have an opinion of Jesus. And for those of us who are indifferent or even worse, hostile towards him, you're spiritually blind. Uh, what causes this blindness? Well, Paul helps us with this. Uh, if we turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and if someone could give me a page number, 965, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul shares a little bit more about this, and we're going to read verse 4, Paul is talking about, he calls them those who are perishing, he's talking about non-Christians, he says in their case, the God of this world, that's the devil, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers, To keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So spiritual blindness is caused by the God of this world, the devil, who has blinded the eyes of those who don't know Jesus. And like the blind man, this is a problem from birth. And there's nothing that we ourselves can do about it. And so if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you need someone to open your eyes. You need a solution. And there is, there is a solution. Spoiler alert. Uh, it's not me, by the way. I'm not the solution. Uh, but before, before we come to the solution, uh, in, the middle of this, in the middle of this passage, we've got a, a puzzle we need to solve. So the second thing we need to solve, we need to solve the puzzle. And the puzzle is about day and night. Um, Now, when the disciples see the blind man, they ask Jesus, look at verse 2, they say, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Uh, This is why this man is blind, so God can work in him. So God can use his blindness to bring glory to his name. The work of God is going to be displayed in this blind man, as he goes from darkness to light. Now, I'm going to, I want to say a bit more about those verses later, um, but, but what comes next is the puzzle that I want to look at now. Look at verse 4. Um, Jesus carries on. He says, We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Okay. So we've got two things to work out. We've got day which is when the works of God can be done by Jesus and his disciples. And we've got night, when the works of God cannot be done by Jesus and his disciples. Now, uh, this isn't a trick question. What's the difference between day and night? Yeah, darkness and light. The difference between day and night is light. During the day, it is light. At night, it is dark. Oh, hang on a minute. Look... Verse 5, Jesus carries on. He says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. That's helpful, isn't it? Jesus tells us he's the light of the world. So while Jesus was on earth, this was a time of day. Okay? When God's work was being displayed through Jesus and his disciples as he healed people and, and and he went on his ministry. But there was a time coming. Jesus was looking forward to a time of night and a time when the light of the world was going to be killed. Jesus is looking forward to the cross, even in the middle of, of dealing with this blind man. He's going to be killed, just like the people wanted at the end of chapter 8. And so the reason the works of God cannot be done at night is because Jesus is dead and the disciples... They run away. But praise God, this time of night, but it didn't last, did it? Because Jesus overcame the darkness and now we live in in a new day when the light of the world is risen and is seated with his Father in heaven and he's going to come back. He's going to come back so we can enjoy light, so we can enjoy day to the full. And the fact that Jesus went through night is crucial. And it's crucial to the solution for our problem. Remember our problem? Humanity is spiritually blind. We need someone to open our eyes. So thirdly is the solution. The solution is Jesus. Have a look at verse six. Having said these things, uh, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Now, just let's, picture, let's try and picture this together. Let's try and build a visual image of this in our mind. Okay, we've got this blind man sitting on the ground, and Jesus spits on the ground and he makes mixes his saliva with the mud. And he takes this mud on his hands and he wipes it on this man's eyes. And this blind man is sitting there and he wouldn't have been able to see, he would have been able to feel gritty mud being wiped over his eyes. That's weird, right? It's just me that thinks that's weird. I think that's weird. And why, right? Jesus has gone through John's gospel and the other gospels, and he speaks, and people are healed. So why is he making mud and putting it on this man's eyes? And you imagine his disciples standing there thinking, we've seen Jesus cast out demons with a word, and now he's he's putting mud on this man's eyes. They must have thought he'd gone mad. And so we've got to ask ourselves, why? Why does Jesus put mud on this man's eyes? And it's because he wants him to wash. Okay, Jesus says, go and wash. So he went and washed. And then later on, the blind man tells his neighbors in verse 11, he says, the man Jesus said, go and wash. So I went and washed. And then he tells the Pharisees in verse 15, he says, he, Jesus, put mud on my eyes and I washed. You remember the old carpet in the room at the back? I had to put this in. Um, the kids used to run around it on their bare feet, and their feet used to get black. And so when we got home on the Sunday evening, to avoid the kind of trails of dirty footprints around the flat, we used to wash their feet. Um, and so this is how it went. we pick up child, sit them on the worktop, put their feet in the sink, and you fill the sink with clean water. When water comes out of the tap, it's clean. And then you put the feet in the water, and you, you rub them and know, scrub them and get the child to f- splash their feet uh, take child out, and child dries their feet. Um, but what's happened to the water? The water's all dirty. That's how cleaning work, right, works, right? You start with clean water, you wash something, and the water goes dirty. That's what's happening here. Because this man, he goes to this pool, and he washes his eyes in there. You can imagine him, right? Splashing the water, washing it off. And the water... Washes away the dirt. The man's eyes become clean. What's happened to the water? It's dirty. The water of the pool of scent gets dirty, so the man is washed clean. This is what Jesus came to do. He came as the scent one. He came as the one sent from God. He came to wash away the filth of sin from the devil that's causing our spiritual blindness. And he became unclean. He became dirty for us as he bore the awful punishment for our sin on the cross. And this is what happened when Jesus went through night. He was nailed to the cross with the burden of our sin upon his shoulders. And he was so unclean that his father turned his face away from him as he died an agonizing death. Why? So that we might see. This is is great. I think this is great. And this is how the blind see, right? The blind see because the light of the world, Jesus, went through the darkness of night. And if you're listening to this now or, or on a recording, you need you need this. You need to ask Jesus to wash you clean. Now that man, he had to choose to go and wash, didn't he? He could have turned around and say, actually, actually, Jesus, this is stupid. Find someone else who can, who can speak and heal me. Yet he walked down the road with his face covered in mud because he believed that Jesus could make him see. So if you don't know Jesus, the choice is either you continue walking in spiritual blindness, living a life in darkness, or you ask Jesus. You make the choice to ask Jesus to open your eyes. At Jesus, who was sent by God to go through the darkness of night for you. The first option ends in death, eternal night. The second option ends in life, eternal day. Now, you imagine when that man's eyes were opened, the first thing he would have seen was the beautiful pool of scent, his uncleanness rippling away through the water. And when Jesus opens our eyes, we see the beautiful scent one, the risen Jesus who had our uncleanness laid upon his shoulders so that we can have true sight. We see the light of the world who opens our eyes to the wonder of the gospel and to the hope of the future. That man's life changed that day. All the things that he'd never seen before, there before him. He gets to see his parents' faces in verse 18. He gets to see the sunset that evening. He gets to see laughter on someone's face as they share a moment with him. And his future from then on will be him experiencing the wonderful things he'd never seen. And when Jesus opens... Your eyes, when he opens our eyes, our lives change. You get to know an awesome God. The incredible truths of the Bible start to become clear, and you inherit a changed future. And one day you get to experience the wonders of a new heaven and a new earth that have never been seen before. So, this man, he shows us the life changing, transforming work of God in opening his eyes, bringing him from darkness to light. And you can experience that today too if you haven't already in your heart, or, or ask someone. Um, Beth or I, Rob or Hannah, we'd love to chat and pray with you. You need to ask Jesus to wash away your blindness so you can truly see. But lastly, I want us to go back to the disciples. The last thing I want to talk about is for us as Christians, for those of us who are Christians, is, is kind of when we relapse and we end up with impaired vision. Because actually, we could be sitting here as Christians and say, well, this, is, this isn't relevant for me. I've, I've, I've prayed the prayer. Jesus has, has opened my eyes. He's sorted my blindness. Now I can get on with, with seeing. And unfortunately, it's not as simple as that. Because sin just doesn't stop. And we keep going on sinning. And the problem is, when we sin, it clouds our vision. It blurs our eyes. If you wear glasses... What happens if you take your glasses off? Your vision is blurry, right? If you don't wear glasses and you put someone else's glasses on, then your vision is blurry. And that's what sin does to the way that we see God. Now, the disciples, they were followers of Jesus. God had opened their eyes to see Jesus, to to give their whole lives to follow him. They they valued him. They, They knew his worth but they still had a problem with spiritual blindness. And this passage, it shows us kind of one area where we as Christians, we can, we can relapse. We can cloud our vision. There's lots and lots of ways, but this is one way. Let's go back to verse two. Um, when they saw the blind man, what did the, what did the disciples say? Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So they thought that this man was being punished by God. And that's it's this idea of karma, right? If you do good things, good things will happen to you. If you do bad things, bad things will happen to you. And we think that, we, we, we do this in our lives. We say, oh, he deserved that, or I deserve this. We watch instant karma videos on YouTube. Instant karma videos are great. Speeding driver gets police car pulled up behind him, that sort of thing or we think that we're suffering because we don't have enough faith or because we have we haven't been a good enough christian so god is punishing us and that's wrong now sometimes sometimes the consequences of our sin will cause us suffering that's different but most of the time the hard stuff we go through in our lives is not linked to our sin but is there because we live in a sinful And broken world. And if you have your eyes clouded by this idea that your suffering is a punishment from God, that's a massive burden to carry. And I'm telling you today, God wants to set you free from that. Because our suffering can have a much greater purpose. Look at how Jesus responded to his disciples in verse 3. Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. And true comfort in suffering is found in knowing that God can use it to bring about glory and good to his name. So just like the blind man, God can use the hardest times in your life to display his goodness the hardest time that um, I've been through in my life is um, when Bethana and I were told that Hannah would die. We were told Hannah would die in a week or two. And that was heartbreaking. But people prayed, and we prayed, and we clung to God through tears and pain. And afterwards, we had people come to us and say, It was such an encouragement to see God glorified in the darkest of times we didn't see that at the time we didn't know that people were looking at us and being encouraged but afterwards you look back and and whether or not your suffering has a happy ending and praise god that ours did god is with you and working in you in your suffering even if you can't see it and not to see that clouds our vision of him as a good god who loves his children so if you're suffering today and you know Jesus, then cry out to him and ask him for a clearer vision and ask that his glory and goodness will be displayed through this time in your life. And so we've seen two things overall. If you're spiritually blind, you need to ask Jesus to open your eyes. And if Jesus has given you sight through suffering and through good times, Ask him to help, ask Jesus to help you see him more clearly. Let's do that now, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are the one who brings sight to the blind, who turns darkness into light, who turns night into day. Lord Jesus, I ask for for anyone that listens to this that is spiritually blind, that doesn't know Jesus, that you would open their eyes. And I ask, Lord, that for those of us who know Jesus, when we are going through hard times, and when we are going through good times, that our prayer would be that you would help us to see you more clearly. That we would see more of you through the songs we listen to, through the teaching in your word through the prayers that we pray, through the books that we read, through our church life. Help us this week, Father, to, to see you more clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. It could be good, um, before Rob comes back, just to take a couple of minutes. Maybe you've got something you'd like to pray about. Maybe you'd like to pray with someone else sitting next to you. Um, Just two minutes to reflect and pray in your hearts or with someone else. And then we'll carry on with our service.
1: Let's pray together uh, with the words on the screen. Let's pray. Father God, only you can restore our sight when sin has blinded us. Help us to see who Jesus is, such that we respond with faith and obedience. In this, make us ready for Jesus' return when he raises all to new life or to judgment. Amen. Amen.